fly Let it fly like the birds in the sky Hey everybody, and welcome back to the Everybody Trades Podcast. And it's me, once again, your doting host, John Miller. And know what? You know what? I just told you all quite recently that better days were ahead and to not panic. Well, guess what? We had a massive, massive rally yesterday. And so you had to be happy. And guess what? I've talked about my Netflix position a lot. And by golly, I hung in there and it's rallied as well. Now, granted, it was up nearly 15% in the aftermarket hours, just shortly following its, its earnings release after the bell, after the closing bell. And by golly, I had a chance to get out at 400 and I didn't take it. But you know what? I'm okay with that. I'm not panicking at all. You know why? Because I got exactly the type of numbers that I wanted to see from Netflix. I mean, you want to talk about an excellent, excellent quarter. I mean, Netflix is looking like it is dominating the streaming market even more than I could have possibly imagined. Now, it was funny. I was getting my internet, my home internet connection was being serviced the other day. And the guy who was working on, was working on my modem was noticed that I was watching CNBC. And he had to chime in because they were talking about Netflix on the screen. And he was saying, oh, yeah, Netflix, they're going to get killed. Disney's coming in with their streaming service so all of the marvel movies and star wars that's just going to murder netflix so watch out you better you better get rid of that stock he didn't even know that i had the stock and of course he couldn't have possibly known where i got in and that i was frankly a little bit annoyed with that position so i was i was frankly a little bit amused by that remark not that i thought that he was foolish or anything no quite the opposite i actually took him to heart for a second and i was going oh no oh no does the century link guy know something i don't know this is terrible. And frankly, I did take what he said seriously. That is a good point. Disney is a gigantic, monolithic-like company that seems to own just about everything that there is to own, except for new stuff. And there you go. See, Disney is all about, not that they don't create some original content as well, but really Disney is a company that is now buying up old properties from the 1960s like Marvel Comics or the 70s and 80s like Star Wars and frankly doing a great job of squeezing as much juice out of those oranges as they possibly can. Getting as much revenue out of those properties as they possibly can. And frankly, they've been unbelievably successful at that. But with all of that it takes a lot of money to acquire all of that as well. And not on top of that, see, the point is, for as much crap as Netflix is in some ways deservedly getting for spending tons and tons of money on content that doesn't always pan out, but it seems to me they've figured out what they needed to do. They've got algorithms that are showing that, frankly, there's a lot of shows and different types of movies that haven't been serviced by the bigger media companies like CBS and and Disney. And so you're seeing sort of the, for lack of a better term, the sort of uh, more female teenager-centric, like the teeny bopper sort of uh, romantic comedy or romantic drama-driven type programs, for instance, that had sort of fallen by the wayside in the last five to ten years for just more of uh just different types of programming. Then, and now Netflix is getting in there. 
And what I'm really getting at is the amount of money that Netflix is spending, it's all original stuff for the most part. Now, granted, they're they're doing the warm over the comic book thing as well, but with, with some different stuff like, well, frankly, who had ever heard of Luke Cage? I mean, that's a show that's done well for them. I know a lot of people are very interested in that. But ultimately, at the end of the day, Netflix has just so many opportunities ahead of itself. Think about the fact that you pay 11, 12, 10, 15 dollars a month, whatever it might be, depending on your personal plan on Netflix. Imagine if they raise prices another two to three dollars. You may not be happy about it. I bet you'd pay it. That's number one. Number two, another thing you might not be happy about at first. What if Netflix started playing 15-second advertisements before your show started? I'm sure you wouldn't be happy about it, but I bet you wouldn't cancel your subscription. And even, even better, I think, this is an even easier opportunity. All that space that they have on their menus where you're selecting the shows and the movies that you want to watch, well, they automatically preview their own content. Who's to say they can't just as easily show you an ad for AT&T or whatever it might be, things other than just their own content, a Nike ad, an ad for literally anything, anything you can possibly think of, beer, heck, maybe cannabis in the future if Canada is any, Canada is any indication. But the point is, is Netflix has yet to even scratch the surface on many of its own revenue opportunities, and they're just getting more and more loyalty with their subscriber base by the day. And the numbers are just there. This is not even this is not even a theoretical construct. Netflix had one of the most beautiful quarters I've seen this year. Not only did Netflix's expected subscriber base domestically exceed dramatically, they added one point nearly one point one million domestic subscribers in the previous quarter, exceeding the consensus six hundred and seventy three thousand, nearly doubling that. That's just absolutely phenomenal. And even better, even better, their margins expanded as well in the quarter. So again, despite the fact that I believe that there are really obvious revenue streams that they haven't even begun to tap into yet, this company is in great shape and absolutely deserves the high-flying multiple, quote-unquote, the, the high-flying price-to-earnings ratio that it deserves. Guess what? Sometimes you have to pay up for quality, and in this case, Netflix is a quality company. Now, the actionable part, if you don't have Netflix, if you don't own any right now, I wouldn't tell you to pay up today. I'd tell you to wait and wait for maybe some bad news at some point. But that's probably going to be a while, frankly, because even though today it's not as up as it was in the pre-market, I think that's more of just a some some profit taking from people who may have gotten in where I got in and decided, hey, let's get out now while the getting's good. Frankly, with this type of excellent quarter for Netflix, I strongly suspect from years of history and experience that analysts are going to come out, raise their numbers, upgrade the stock, and of course that will have a positive effect on the share price as well. So give it a few days to go up for sure if you're looking to get out. And if you haven't got in yet and are looking to, 
Again, also give it a few days, maybe even a few weeks to let it come in. The thing is, if it seems like at times that I'm changing my mind on a position maybe a little bit too much, well, frankly, it's not as easy as it is when you say you draft Todd Gurley in your fantasy league. Well, there isn't a daily price change in Todd Gurley. Now, yes, there's once a week where he continues to perform well, so on Sundays. There isn't much of a uh, – this is a bit of a strained analogy, but the point is there are lots of – there are lots of things in life, there are lots of performances in life that change from day to day, from week to week. Like myself, you, we're not all, we're not always the same from day to day, from week to week. But unlike the stock market, unlike a stock where there are millions and millions of versions of a company, quote unquote, of a share of a company like Netflix, that is traded every single day, so we must make we don't have to, but human nature makes us make judgments about these millions and millions of transactions that are happening every single day, every minute, every hour, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, the psychology there is just different. Sometimes you just have to ignore the stock market. Sometimes you just have to ignore the daily, the daily machinations, the daily minutiae, the daily news flow, quite frankly, and you have to take a, a bigger a bigger picture view. And yesterday I saw a great graphic on CNBC that made me feel much better about the coming quarter for Netflix. And it showed that while in two of the last four quarters it had sold off 1% to 2% after the report, in the other two quarters it had shot up some 9 to 10%. So to me, if the upside is 10%, and the downside is 2%, taking a very rudimentary analysis, that's something that you have to go with. That made me feel very good, especially in a world where the price of Netflix in the preceding quarter had come down. And what I'm ultimately trying to get to here is that value matters. Sure, you can like Netflix at 300 but you sh- and you can like it at 400 too, but you shouldn't like it as much at 400 as you liked it at 300 if nothing has changed. Now, you can say that something has changed in Netflix. This quarter should buoy people. It should buoy their confidence, and it should, frankly, buoy their stock portfolios, too. You should be buying more. Money managers are going to be buying more of this company. I don't have any doubt about it. Shifting gears just a tiny bit. I know around this time of year, people like to complain about how retail outlets are already putting out Christmas decorations and playing Christmas music. And I get it. It seems spectacularly, irritatingly early. But I will say, from the perspective of somebody who likes to invest and trade stocks, I don't think you can ever think Christmas too early. Now, maybe maybe it's too early for Christmas 2020, but for Christmas 2018, heck, you might be too late. Frankly, what are you? What I really want to know is what do you ladies want for Christmas? Not only so I can stay on my wife's good side, but also so I can even really stay on her good side by making more money, by profiting off of what she and her friends want for Christmas. And because here's why. Here's a great reason why I'm focusing on the ladies. Now, obviously, I want to make my wife happy. That's not a joke. The part where I'm kind of joshing a little bit here, what I'm getting at is most... This isn't going to come as a shock. Most people 
in the financial sort of money management, Wall Street, stock market world, they're mostly men. We can talk a long time about why that is, but the important part for this point is that it's true, that it's mostly men. So therefore, the people buying stocks, the institutional people who are buying most of the stocks, are in fact a little bit biased towards their own stuff. And that's, we all are. Whether if it was majority women, it would be the opposite. See, there would be things that would sort of slide under their radar that maybe they aren't as into. That's all of us, right? We're all, we, we all, there are only so many hours in the day and we can't be into everything. This is less of a criticism than a observation. But the point is, this is where we can profit. Let's profit off this dynamic. If we can figure out what women want to buy and what women want, or if it's children for that matter, just anything that's off the the sort of your stereotypical 45-year-old stockbroker guy, you know, cocaine and scotch, I guess. Other than cocaine and scotch, that's all they want, right? No. Uh, well, hookers too. Okay. Occasional hooker, cocaine, scotch. Yes, that's that's the order right there. But seriously though, ladies are going to want things different than that, aren't they? But if we can just figure that out, if we can just listen to our ladies in our lives, ah, and not put off. See, there's a symbiotic relationship here. We don't put off our Christmas shopping. We get it in early. We figure out what our ladies want, and then we pay for it with our stock market gains. Uh-huh. Huh? See? Now that's a win-win. That is why you listen to the Everybody Trades podcast. Merry Christmas, everybody. It's not too early. Love you. Mr. Hanky, the Christmas poo, small and brown, he comes from you. Sit on the toilet, here he comes, squeezing tween your festive buns. A present from down below, spreading joy with a howdy ho. He's seen the love inside of you, cause he's a piece of poo. Sometimes he's nutty, sometimes he's corny He can be brown or greenish brown But if you eat fiber on Christmas Eve He might come to your town Mr. Hank